Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and um, public speaker. Uh, this show is going to be all about some sort of questions that uh, a new game of fire has wanting to take their game to that next level, and we're chit-chatting a little bit about adventure paths, a few other questions he had, and so we thought we'd bring it on the show. So I guess this one's a little bit of uh, question time, and with us we have first-time guest Charlie Myrus, and Charlie, why don't you give us uh, kind of an introduction about yourself a little bit? Sure. Thanks for having me. So uh, like you said, I'm Charlie Myers. Uh, I teach eighth grade um, English language arts outside of the Cincinnati, Ohio area at Loveland Middle School. And um, I've been doing that. This is my second year teaching eighth grade language arts. I taught 13 years uh, at high school in a neighboring school, mostly ninth and 10th grade. And that's actually where I started uh, gamifying my last year there. And then both um, years I've done a full year game last year and then also um, this year. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Cincinnati, that's uh, where I went to school. I went to school at Xavier University. I, I did too. Oh, that's awesome. I'm a musketeer, yeah. Fantastic. Small that's world. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, what a great city. I love Cincinnati. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great place to raise a family too. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's awesome. ELA... I think it's just a great subject to gamify, but it's funny whenever I go uh, speak somewhere, and obviously a lot of my examples come from world history or history class because that is what I've done. And I always try to make the case that like, ah, it would work in any subject and, you know, but people often say to me like, well, it works so easily because your history. And I just think, no, like I've just connected it like, but you could connect it to anything. So uh, in your experience, I guess I got to ask you, you know, as a English language arts, have you enjoyed and found it quote unquote easy to at least get started with like the theme and the ideas with gamification in an English language arts class? Yeah. So there's been uh, a little bit of both. So I, I've, I've found a little bit of um, some challenges with kind of working in my theme as well as I'd like to, but I've also found uh Actually, the um, city that I teach in it has a medieval castle that somebody hand created, like they built stone by stone um, after they returned from World War II. Um, it's called the Loveland Castle. So it inevitably I've got to have, have a medieval theme. So um, there's a whole kind of storyline where the um, there's a portal between legendary Loveland, which is our classroom game, and um, modern day Loveland, Ohio. And so it makes sense that every day they come from Loveland, Ohio, but then as soon as they're, you know, walking into the door, they kind of, you know, transport. Drive, yeah. into legendary Loveland. So I've tried to work in a lot of information. Like, uh, there's a thing called the library of lexicon. And so the library of lexicon is where all the knowledge of legendary Loveland is stored. So I try to kind of t tie in a lot of the things that they read, um, and the idea of theme and um, character and a lot of those kind of ELA terms, um, they're all housed within the library of lexicon. And that's kind of how they're what they're trying to fill up um, with knowledge. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, well, I'm so glad and you started doing that. You said in your last year as the ninth, 10th grade ELA teacher. And now you've you've been eighth grade teacher for a while. Uh 
How have you felt the students responded between eighth and tenth grade? Um, most very similarly, actually. Uh, if I haven't seen, you know, uh, I, I think that there's a little bit more of a willingness for that, you know, kind of like play kind of aspect of things with the uh, eighth grade students. But I also teach like a wide variety of different levels. I teach, you know, all the way up to students who have been identified as gifted to um, students who have me for a double block. So um, that's actually one of the biggest things I've really liked about it is that it works for all the levels. That's um, what I'm talking about. And like, <clears throat> that's one of my biggest struggles as a, like I said, as a presenter coming out of sixth grade a lot of people, you know, when you're like nervous to try something, you're looking for excuses yeah. not to do it. And so, like I said, a lot of times people are like, well, that works for history, but it would never work for math or it would never work for science. And then the other thing I get is, well, that works for you because you teach like sixth grade. Like, of right. course, they want to go on quests and adventures. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I've helped people. I've talked to people. You know, like I have done it from kindergarten all the way through like PhD programs and, and even some companies and corporations like you it works, but like, you know, people want to use that sort of excuse. So right. um, I, feel like if I, I feel like if I had the experience, which I'm still obviously gaining, but if I had the experience that I had now, because my last year when I um, was teaching eighth or uh, mostly 10th grade, I just, I full, like I did like a semester long game starting in the second semester. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would have, you know, been even better. Sure. Had I, you know, was I where I am now? Because it really started actually off the first semester. I didn't even know that I was uh, doing gamification. Um, my wife and I, um, admittedly, uh, watched uh, a lot of Big Brother, and um, we were reading 1984 in class. And I was like, it just makes sense. Like, we'll we'll do weekly competitions. I'll, I'll break them into households, and we'll nice. do Big Brother and they'll start to, you know, they'll evict people over the course of things. And then there's a possibility that they can still come back after eviction. And, and after I was done with that, kids were just asking me, they're like, so what are we doing next semester? And I was like, uh, I'm not uh, sure. And my, actually my wife is also a teacher. Um, and her, a colleague of her, um, had heard of Classcraft, and that's actually what I use as like my hub, but I just, expand it like crazy from sure. there nice yeah well though i mean that's an awesome story i love hearing that so <laughs> you had some questions for me uh so i'd i'd love to hear one or two of those right away yeah sure so the first one that i had um i had uh, admitted to you i had done a lot of uh binge listening to well played actually um and um a thing that kept coming up over and over again in different you know kind of ways was this idea of adventure pass and i feel like I can still definitely work on kind of drawing students into side quests more, but I feel like there are some students that they're, they're really good at doing side quests. They, they like them. They really, you know, excel at them, but I would like that idea of kind of getting them out of their comfort zone a little mm -hmm. bit. I think it was a podcast that you were doing with Carrie at one point and you were talking about like, that's how you kind of try to encourage students to kind of get out of their comfort zone. And my question was with the adventure pass, you, you've always said, the idea of once they hit start it, there's no turning back. And That's right. I, I want to go into that and I like that idea, but I, but how do you kind of hold them to that? Or what does that look like? <laughs> yeah. Great question. That is a question I get all the time from my students uh, at the beginning <laughs> of the year when they're like, so what if I just don't do it? <laughs> right. Uh, some of my students just pushing that envelope, not to like seriously not, but just, you know, question yeah 
So I, a couple of ways to combat that, but so definitely the, the language I use with my students is it is, you know, you're, you're either in or you're out. And I try to give them the freedom. I'm like, you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong if you, if you don't want to do it or you don't feel comfortable. I run one every single unit. So they also know that like, Hey, you know, I just signed up for the play or the musical. You know, I don't feel like taking on like something extra. So I said, oh, that's cool. You know, there'll be one next unit. So like, why don't you try to do that? So I always try to be like as open as possible to the people that don't want to do it. But at the same time, and this is tough to sort of thread that needle, but try to be as inspiring to those that do, you know, that I, I think life is about taking these opportunities and chances. I think you get more out of school when you choose to like participate more and Here's a wonderful, you know, opportunity that's going to push you and test you in different ways, right? So trying to be inspiring at the same time, giving people an out if they can't or don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> Game-wise, I do put a little bit of pressure on them because I never report how many people have signed up from the other houses. And they know that that all adventure paths are... Uh, very like they're highly rewarded. So if, you know, 25 kids sign up in this class and two sign up in the next class, Ooh, that's going to like yeah. really, that's really going to hurt. Right. So there is a bit of pressure. Like you might want to sign up. Um, but now to answer your, that was just sort of background to get us to that right point. But to answer your specific question about holding the kids to the, their feet to the fire, so to speak. One, uh, I have like just old school, like like a roster sheet, right? And on that roster sheet, I keep kind of all my data for the unit, uh, some gamified data, some just class data. And one of the things I do is I make a little like star in this column for everybody that's on the adventure path. And then I make a column for if they've done their adventure path thing because I will tell you, for me, a lot of times adventure paths are extra, like it's not the coursework. So if I wasn't organized, Charlie, it might slip through my fingers whether you did or didn't do it. Right. And so I really want to make sure I'm honoring the statements I'm making. So the first year I did it, I wasn't as organized, and I'm sure there's a few people that didn't do it, and I didn't do right. anything. Uh, but so one, stay organized. Make sure you know who's in the adventure path, who isn't. Um, the next thing uh, kids will ask right away, like, what if I don't do it? And I always I always leave that very open-ended and ominous. I'm just like, well, why would you sign up then? You know, like, that to me, I just, one, try to dismiss it like illogical. Like, you had the choice not to do it. So those that are on, it is right. a must. So one, you just try to make it seem ridiculous that they wouldn't. Right. Uh, that's my first sort of layer. My next layer is if they really push, I do say like, it's going to be painful in game. And third, it depends what the adventure path is. So two, two of my 10 adventure paths literally are substitutions of the required work. So like, that would come with a grade penalty if it's one of those two because like this is what you're supposed to do for the project. Your project just got 
forced on you that it's this one because you chose this adventure path. Um, so those are pretty clear. Like they just know right. there's going to be academic consequences. But for the other eight, um, sort of the the it's always worked for me to just explain that they're going to lose. There's going to be like game penalties, whether it's experience. I've never really like had to define it for them, but it, they understand that it's either like they're going to lose some XP or lose some items or lose some health. As my game got like more complicated, I added health. Yeah. Um, all these things might happen, but it, it's actually the, how do I explain this? It's actually the, the, the difference that bothers them the most because if you do it well, you're going to get rewarded like huge, right? Yeah. And the other kid's going to go like negative and the like span between the negative to the huge is so great that they're just like, why? Like, of course, like, why wouldn't you do it? So, yeah, I think between like all of those angles, it works. And then the other thing too is how you structure your adventure path. And that is like, I don't know. I tend to make mine, especially the non-academic ones, the ones that I shouldn't say non-academic, but non-required, like this is right substitution for your project. Some of those I just want to make kind of off the wall and fun uh, or just like crazy different, you know? Yeah. Um, or something that has a long, like what do I would call like long runway? Like one of these things where somebody could do it on a single sheet of paper or whatever and then somebody else could totally look up on YouTube, you know, a bunch of like how-to videos and make something super extravagant. These things that could endlessly grow if they wanted. Right. And I love that because then a student that really wants to go gangbusters, the adventure path, I can just lay on the rewards. Like, oh man, I was only planning on giving this, these, this badge and these two items. But like, holy cow, you built an entire Lego city and made a stop animation with it. Like... I'm not just going to give you this badge and two items like, right. and the kids don't even know, right? Like I don't, I don't define what the reward is. So then it's just like, boom, you know, then all of a sudden you hand your thing in and I'm like, here's two badges. Here's three items. Here's this. You get an extra item case, which kids are like, holy cow, you didn't know you could get two of them. And it's like, well, I didn't know you could either, you know, congratulations. Yeah. Charlie. <laughs> that That's the biggest thing that I found with like even side quests this year. I found more success this year with side quests than I had last year. And I think, one of the reasons is, is I literally have not ever given a like total of what they're going to get or what they're going to gain or, or a ceiling last year. I, I gave like a ceiling and I even tried to make them like huge, but I think that having like the ceiling to it, like students looked at and they were just like, Oh, so like there is an amount that you can only gain. And I think that that, you know, kind of shut some students down. Whereas this year, like there were, have been students that I, that have just blown me away. I, I did one that was like, create a book trailer um, for the independent reading book that you're doing. And there were some that were pretty good. And then I got one that I was like getting goosebumps about. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to see this. And of course, that's awesome. automatically English teacher goes to Google and searches on Google, like book trailers for this book, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm not going to find that video because it is her video. It's not somebody else's video. Like it was so good that I was like, this has to, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but oh my gosh, like they put in so much time and then we actually use we video so I could go into it and I could see like how many hours she had put in to creating it. Now imagine if you just sort of said, and that's worth 200 XP. Like, right. 
Exactly. That's what it is. And you're like, yeah, oh, that seems right. No, exactly. I mean, cause it cause, and I'd probably, and then I'd get like a 200 XP product, you know, if yeah. I got anything at all. Yeah. So that's something, I don't know how much I talk about on well played, but that's something I learned early on. So I do put like limits, if you will, only in like maybe the first unit or unit and a half. And then all of a sudden they just sort of drop away and it's just, here are your quests and you right. know, here's the adventure path. And I don't put, you know, this is worth 500 or 200. Um, sometimes there's specific badges or items that they know about, but, but even that's rare that that has more to do with like theme than anything else. Like some adventure paths, it's like, you're trying to put this puzzle together or something. So it's like you gain these pieces or, Right. You, know, you know, something like that. Or in my China adventure path, the storyline is that they're at this temple and they're learning about the, the four elements so that the badges they could earn would be like the fire, wind, water, you know, an earth badge. Right. But that's only, like I said, because it made thematic sense. But typically they don't know how many badges or what items they can get. Oh, that's great. So I guess the other question that I had is not as much related. So um, I've been going back and forth about the idea about possibly presenting on gamification because I feel so strongly about it. And um, awesome. yeah, and I uh, went and I applied for um, something that uh, we do. Our, our district is part of this 33 district consortium, um, which does a summer institute, like a two day um, conference um, thing. And I figured, you know, Hey, I'll, you know, go for this and it's in the summer and maybe, you know, there won't be a whole lot of like people that attend and things like that. And so, um, be like a good way to kind of like get my feet wet. And then I applied and I, um, was accepted, which is awesome. But now I'm like, Oh, I, I have to do the presentation. Um, so I, I kind of reached welcome out to, you. to my life. Yes, exactly. That's exactly the reason why I reached out to you is because like, this is, you know, and I know that you even had talked recently about having, you know, created like a new presentation that you were just trying out like the last month or something like that. So mm -hmm. um, just kind of get some advice as far as what things to incorporate, how, you know, even how to start. Um, I made it, I, I suggested it was a session for like, I said K through 12, all subject areas, because that's strongly what I feel. Uh -huh. as far as that goes. Um, but I, you know, I put in the description that they'd leave with I ideas about how to incorporate it into like a one like daily lesson, like a unit and then even a full long, long game. So just kind of like ideas about how to maybe do that. Yeah, no. Uh, well, one of the things, so I've been presenting on gamification for, I don't know, like, I don't know, seven years, eight years. And I still make new ones because like you're you're like I'm chasing the perfect combination, the perfect blend. Like I want you to feel it, I want you to be excited about it. Ideally I'd love us to do a little bit of it. But at the same time, like you only have an hour or forty five minutes, you know. Right. So it's like how much can you have them experience, feel it and do it versus literally just lecturing you know like but there is so much to teach them from theme and items and badges and power-ups and adventure paths and you know right. great motivational stories of things that like have turned kids around or what i see happening in my classroom like who like where how what percentages do you dial those things in and where do you sprinkle them uh is is always the 
I don't know. That's always what you're chasing when you design one of these. Uh, so for you, I would say like starting out, I, I don't know, like if they're gonna, if it's a, if you said it's for all age levels, uh, which is good. And I, that's a message I love people to put out there. I would make sure the ideas you share and, and the things that you try to teach them truly could apply to a kindergarten class to a 12th grade class. So, you know, I don't know. I would probably open with, to be honest, a great opener is anything that gets them laughing and like have them seriously. Like I, my last opener, I had them do rock, paper, scissors. And it was just awesome because it got everybody standing, got everybody laughing, got everybody cheering or whatever. And it took all of like 90 seconds to do but you could make that analogy. You could make that example and say, like, did you hear the room? Like, there was laughter. There was like, but you know. So okay, we had a ninety-second example that put us in sort of a, a mini euphoric state. I like to start that way. Um, I would do that, and then I think I'd share a little bit of your story. Tell them the impact you had that it's had for you. Like what you've seen a little bit. And then maybe dive into the tidbits. Like, and I, I would probably structure your presentation in a way that they feel that. Like, right? So, like, we're going to go with, like, your story and then into, like, whatever you feel like you want to do. Break it into three sections, four sections, and sort of say, like, you know, I want to get you started. So, this is my three-step to getting you started, you know? Yeah. Or... I want you to know how to do more. So maybe it's not like that they're going to leave with like a lesson plan, but maybe they're going to leave with all the tools in their toolbox to like learn more later, however you want to structure it, but break that into those like two, three sections so that they can easily take the notes on those sections and then hopefully dive in. Cause like the hard thing with gamification is there's a huge amount of people that don't know anything about it. So there's a ton that are still at zero. And then (laughs) the hard thing is because there's so few people doing it, when somebody offers a session like you're doing, there's also going to be people that do gamification. That's like, Oh great. There's actually a section on gamification. I'm going to go to that session. So you're going to have somebody like you who has done it now for two years, three years. Right. And, 90% 90% of the people, 95% of the people will be like, well, what is it? <laughs> right. And I, and I, you know, build it as, cause, and this is similar to something that you were talking to uh, about some, or with somebody about before too. Um, I made the title called like um, legendary learning, immersified um, approach to education or something like that. But I did, you know, so I left gamification, like the title out of, or the word out of the title, but I made sure to include it in, like the description, but I tried to be specific as far as, and again, like you said, people are still going to, you know, come to it possibly anyways with it, but saying like to get you started with it. So hopefully, you know, there is that kind of aspect. Um, I didn't know if that, uh, before, like I've done, I've led like little sessions like in house for, um, like technology things in the past and different roles that I had. Um, I always, lost a lot of times I would always like have like a handout for that. I didn't know if like, like even a one page kind of thing where they yeah. could 
they could write down like the idea uh like a theme idea maybe like create their own item as i talk i don't know like no i think i i think that's a sweet plan like one of the sessions i do i do a mini workshop that fits within like a 45 minute to 60 minute session and for that one i i walk them through certain things and they do have to sort of pick a general theme they do have to sort of come up with some items and badges and they do have to talk about how which mechanics they would end up beginning with you know and i i only taught them like several so they're only going to like choose from the several right and with an understanding that that they they could this game could grow big time but like let's get it off the ground so here let's let's do this uh you give me an idea like maybe like to even have them like maybe on your handout have like an item card and have them actually like draw That's it a wee bit you know like, like, have like like almost like a template like bigger than so they could actually write into it but like you know hey what 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 kind if you what did you have would you have a picture on there like of a gold ring you don't have to you could draw it or you could just write gold ring on it and then like what would it do um yeah, that's you know? cool. Because once they see it, once they feel like, yeah, like I'd be actually handing these cards out, that'd be pretty cool. Kids would dig this, you know. Yeah, that's good. That's that's you know, quote unquote experiential, uh, which would be awesome. And it gives it a situation too, where like if they, it, it it gives them almost like the permission that as I'm talking up there and I'm giving different examples about things, like if your mind like wanders like down that rabbit hole and like there's something that you can put on there, like put it on there, like do it while I mean, I don't know how you are, but when I'm, I have like a Google keep file, for example, on my phone. And, and when I come across an image or I come across just like an idea, sure. like I, it was just random today. I was thinking like, um, about like maybe like a possible, we just got done with an like amazing race, five week grammar unit thing that was like the students really liked, um, that this is the second year I did. And I was like, what could I do like second semester, like, or fourth quarter? And I was like, oh my kids really like playing this gone fishing game like how could i make that maybe blindfolded and we'll do like some type of lumberjack theme like i don't know like you're or see how i could work it into the medieval part or not like you know kind of you know thing as far as that goes so i just wrote that down in my google keep so like i think that would be helpful if people almost had that that permission on there saying hey you start thinking about something that's kind of what this session's about yeah, hundred percent. What I would do is, if you can, like have a handout so they can actually physically do those things, write those things out. Then what I would do is, in the upper like corner, put uh, like a tiny URL link, something that would mm-hmm. be super easy to like write down, uh, to like a Google Doc, because physical is awesome for them to actually interact with it. You know downside to physical is like if you wanted to link to articles you've read linked to websites or tools you use wow the written stinks because then they have to copy down like oh he goes to like creative.com slash 568 slash this and it's like well i'm never going to type that out so but if i could quickly just go like oh i've loved this resource charlie's presentation was great i want to check out this tiny url brings yourself to like an organized Google Doc, let's say, that's like, here are five great like resources, here are two great blog posts, here are, think, here's how I create my images or my uh, items, you know? Right. Like, uh, 
that way, like, wow, I had the physical to walk through your presentation. I didn't have to worry about the internet or passwords, or I only have my phone. This is annoying to type on this document on my phone. Right. Like, oh, like, but I also it's left it's with the best of both worlds. Kind yeah, of situation. like, do that when you can. I, I have only recently started doing that, um, and I really like it that they have something both physical but the digital. And then you can even make note of that in the presentation, which also I think calms people in the presentation when they're like trying to jot down everything. Like he said, I, I want to make items from this place. I want to go to this place. You can just kind of say like, I have links to all the things we're talking about in the digital version. Let's just follow along. Let's just learn. Let's be present here now. Uh, right. As we talk about items and badges, hey, we're at that second stage. We're talking about items now. Like that's that graphic. We're gonna draw in that graphic. What's what's the name you'd give it? What's the picture that you would find on the internet and it would look beautiful? But like just a rough yeah. sketch here. What would be in there? You yeah. know, you kind of like tell people that, but they can be in that moment because they know the links to the sites you use for images are already in there. They know that the links to your like creators in there. Yeah, no, I think that's a – I did like a, a showcase kind of event where stu people would walk around last year um, when my uh, new district, you know, was recognizing like, hey, this is like something that's like really innovative. This is something that we don't have other people – I think there's one other person at the high school um, in my district now, and then there's one person that's in seventh grade social studies, but he does like kind of like many kind of things, and I keep mm -hmm. talking to him. I was like – I was like, you know, you could tie that all together. I said, you don't have to. He's like, no, I really want to. And it's just, you know, about trying to, you know, but I said, other than those like three people, there's, you know, they, so they sent me the showcase thing and people were uh, walking around and that I, I had the similar thing where there was just like a piece of paper that said like, Hey, here's go to here later. Like, we'll talk about everything that you have questions about, but like, here's what we're talking about. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it'd be like that, but on like a, you know, 45 minute kind of scale that's awesome i can't believe it i've enjoyed chit-chatting with you but we are at reflection time now wow <laughs> right like it's just I, 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 literally like i told you you know the, the binge watching thing i even came into here and i was like i'm not gonna say that the time goes by so fast but the time goes by so fast. <laughs> it does it really does <laughs> it does it really does all right, so today's quote is just by the internet. There's, It's unknown here, but I think it works really well for everybody listening as well as you and I ourselves. It is, don't be afraid to fail, be afraid not to try. Um, one of the reasons, one of the things that makes me think about automatically is that the that's one of the reasons why I really like gamification. I really wish that, you know, um, some people would just try aspects of it. Um, I have students that, um, are identified uh, as being, you know, extremely gifted in various different subject areas, and they're not used to um, the idea of, you know, doing something and it not being, you know, quote unquote, good enough or, you know, great or fabulous. And so, when I have a student turn in a side quest, for example, from one of those classes, and they see somebody else gain way more than them as far as that goes they still gain something from doing it as far as that goes. They, you know, did an okay job, but in a grade way, they would have quote unquote failed. Um, but in the sense of, you know, the side quest and the kind of approach like that, um, I've seen students actually take that as motivation the next time and be like, Oh, like I didn't, I didn't know we were supposed to go that big um, kind of thing. So um, to me, that's kind of how that resounds. 
Yeah, I love it. I gotta say, uh, gamification, I always say, has given me and my students a risk-rich environment because they have so many opportunities to quote-unquote fail, but at the same time, kind of that safety net of it's not for a grade. So like, yep, like you only got like 10 XP points for that because it was pretty terrible, <laughs> but like it doesn't mean you fail world history, you know? Right. And I, I have found it rather freeing. I teach at a private K-12 school, which can be like a pressure cooker in terms of, you know, like performance and parents want good grades, kids want good grades, 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 grades. I swear sometimes kids don't want to learn. They just want good grades. Yeah. And since gamifying, it has allowed me the freedom to actually have, I think, meaningful feedback to students that actually moves the needle on their like lives and, and their, their growth that I could never have if it was about a grade because they would be like so broken on the grade that they wouldn't actually hear the like try to do this next time and like learn from this like they would just be so frustrated and mad about the grade so i love it and i like this idea like your first question about adventure paths you know be afraid not to try like what opportunities are you giving right. up because you're afraid to fail like wow well, what if what if it's about giving speeches and i don't want to give a speech so i'm not going to do the adventure path well one it might not be giving speeches so like you might just be passing on great opportunities and two okay. even if it is a speech like that's a great opportunity to learn and you should go do it so yeah that's my take well uh thanks everyone else for joining and huge thanks to charlie uh for his first well-played podcast uh i think it was awesome i hope we get to do it again charlie that'd be great um i mean now that i know you're a fellow musketeer i mean i've never had another musketeer on the yeah on the yeah. show that's pretty crazy uh everybody else thank you so much for uh you know tuning in listening each and every week sharing the podcast out to other people uh it's a it's a huge huge honor to be part of your your journey and as always, check out uh, MrMatera.com for more things, as well as my YouTube channel, which is growing each and every week. Thank you for that. And again, this podcast is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Go and check out their website to grab all sorts of other powerful PD. And that's all we got for this week. Enjoy your week and play on.